0: One to three, remember, is all that God has done for us in Christ, how we are saved, how we are accepted, how God has done it all. And then chapters four, five, and six, that is talking about um, what we are to live like now. What difference is that to make in our lives? What does a Christian life look like? And so that's what we're looking at at the moment. And today, the command we're looking at is this. In verse 18, we see it. Uh, It says, be filled with the Spirit. A christian's life is to be one which is uh, continually being filled by the spirit of god what does that mean what does that look like well we'll look at it together this morning but one of the things it means is this being a christian is uh, to be marked by uh, celebratory joy we're to be joyful people that doesn't mean that we have a pretend smile on our face all the time it doesn't mean that we just pretend everything's okay but actually there's a real deep joy because of who god is and what he's done for us the christian life is to be one of deep contentment of knowing that god is good and he's right and he's working out his purposes in our life again it's not just pretending like we're, everything's okay but it's knowing deep in our hearts that actually yeah, we can trust him the christian life is to be one of uh, of real assurance that god loves us and he is for us the christian life is to be one marked by humility of serving others and submitting to others as we'll see over the next few weeks but as we come to look at this this morning before we go any further a life of joy a life of contentment of humility if you're not a Christian here this morning and you're you're maybe rejecting Christianity or turning it God away from you is that the Christianity is that the life you're turning away one of joy of contentment of peace in the midst of all the trouble we're going through because that's what God promises that's what God wants to help us with so these deep amazing truths that we're looking at about being filled with the Spirit this is where it leads so don't switch off but ask well what does that look like What does it look like to be a Christian filled with the Spirit well this morning to help us even though there can be lots of confusion about these things we're going to look at the meaning of being filled by the Spirit we're looking at the marks of being filled by the Spirit and then the means so the meaning the marks and the means now uh, many of us were reading through a book by Stuart Olliott called Be Filled uh, with the Spirit. And so that deals with loads of the questions that we um, might have about this topic. So do revisit that if you need to. Uh, we're going to look at some of those things we looked at in that book. But as well, just to warn you, this is not a warn you, but to give you a heads up on the shape of this message today. Um, it's going to be like a kite. Okay? So the first point is quite short. The middle point is the longest. And the last point is quite short as well. Okay. So, if you get to the first point thinking, oh, going to get home early today, Don't, the second one is a bit longer, uh, and then the last one will be short again. But let's look at that first thing then. What is the meaning of this command, be filled with the Spirit? Well, th- what he- to help us with that, look what Paul says in verse 18. There's a command that comes before it. Verse 18, do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, the Ephesians culture, very similar to today, they were. Uh, there was a lot of alcohol around and as part of a lot of the pagan um, rituals of worship there was uh, drunkenness and drink and alcohol but as well as in the pagan stuff just socially it was there as well so it was there like it is today and here paul is saying look what you need to be aware of is if you are drunk then you are under the influence of alcohol aren't you that's one of the ways it's said under the influence but the problem is if you're under the influence of alcohol you lose control You lose control of what you're doing and so you end up doing things that you regret end up doing things that can hurt others and paul is saying as a contrast to that don't let alcohol influence you but actually let the spirit of god influence you be under the influence not of alcohol but of the spirit let that control you let that be the driving force let that be the things that dictates what you do not just being out of control but let the spirit take control don't be under the influence of alcohol but instead be under the influence of the spirit so as we before we go any further that's a good question for us to ask well, what is controlling us today do we just do whatever our desires demand do we do just whatever we feel like or actually are we saying god help me help me to be controlled not by what i want but what you want knowing that god's ways are best his path is the way that sets us free and for us not to be slave to our own desires but to be trusting in Jesus and have him um, set us free. Maybe today you think, oh, I don't want to be listening to um, what we can and can't do. No, no, I want to be free. But the reality is that none of us are free. We're all serving something. We're all um, uh, uh, captive to something. And today, God's invitation is don't be captive to alcohol and let that influence you, but be set free by the life of the Spirit, being influenced by God who loves you. And we need God's help. We need Him to influence us, to shape our emotions and our desires. And so the command here is don't don't be drunk with wine. We see it all over the Bible, the dangers of that. But instead, let, let the Spirit of God influence you. But not only does it mean to be under the influence, but when it says don't get drunk with wine, it's contrasting, isn't it, what drunkenness looks like and what being filled with the Spirit looks like. Um, Tim Keller, in one of his messages, uh, points this out about the, the, the Holy Spirit. He says, well, one of the reasons people drink is this. It brings joy. It makes people happy, doesn't it? You no, know, that's why people do it, because it is uh, a depressive. That means it, it, it kind of um, dulls down, depresses part of the brain, so that we don't have to think about the troubles of life. So that we don't have to think about the pain we're going through or the the burdens that we carry so why do people often turn to drink well it's because it just for those moments it makes life a bit easier and that's why so many people are so caught up in the cycle of um, of drinking because life is hard and there's nowhere else to turn and that's if we see that around the place don't we we need to pray lord help us to show people that jesus he's the true answer because the bottle will finish, the drink comes to an end, and people's problems still face them the next day. But we have a God who wants to be with us all the time. And so as a contrast to um, that, alcohol, well, it it dumbs down and and takes away for a moment some of the things. It doesn't deal with the issues. What does Jesus do? What does the Spirit offer? Well, the Spirit offers us deep joy, a deeper joy. Not by ignoring our problems, but actually helping us in them and helping us face them square on so jesus offers us a life of spirit-filled jesus following is one of deep joy that helps us to face the reality of our life with him in it and it transforms how we view everything transforms how we see we're not on our own god is with us he is for us i don't have to face these struggles on my own can you see the contrast there don't be drunk with wine. Don't let it, wine influence you, alcohol influence you. Let the Spirit influence you. Don't go for the, um, the short uh, pleasures that that offers, just to dumb down and take away your problems for a few moments, but actually know the reality of God helping you in your life daily. It's important for us to see as well as we look at this command what it means is this um, is for all Christians, that we are all commanded to be filled with the Spirit remember what was in Ephesians 1 it was a long time we read that now but it Paul says this when you heard the word of truth the gospel of salvation and believed in him you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit everyone who trusts in Jesus we are given the gift of the Spirit of God everyone it's not just for some elite Christians who've been a Christian a certain amount of time we all have the Spirit of God and here the command is be filled it's a continual command it's a be being filled keep on being filled with the spirit not just a one-off thing but something that is daily something that we need God's help with and something that we need um, to depend on God for so are we praying God would you fill us with your spirit Lord would you help us to be more under the influence of the spirit every day help me to keep in step as uh, Paul puts it in Galatians keep in step with the spirit where he wants me to put my feet I will put my feet help us Lord to be filled with the spirit and what does it mean to be filled with the spirit well before we look at the next point it shows us doesn't it that actually we can't live this Christian life on our own remember chapters 1 to 3 this is how you're saved chapters 4 5 and 6 now this is what it looks like to live it and when you read 4 5 and 6 you think well I can't do that how can I live in the light when I feel so dark how can I live a life of love when I find it so hard to love people how can i obey god when i'm struggling so much well here we see god wants to say you're not on your own i've given you the spirit the same spirit that raised jesus christ from the dead dwells in you so as you look back on this last week you might think well i failed you might think well, oh you look at the week ahead and think how can i get through it god says i'm with you and i'm for you you're not on your own the spirit has been given to us and we need to ask him to 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 help us in our daily life we can't live it on our own we need his help and god is changing us from the inside out so being filled with the spirit means letting god influence uh, our life not uh, letting alcohol do it but let god influence our life no true joy as we face our problems head on we don't ignore them but we know god helping us as we go through our life be filled with the spirit And we see what that means with that contrast in verse 18 but now what what does it look like what are the marks of being filled with the spirit this is the second thing what does it look like a life filled with the spirit well look what we're told in verse 19 Uh, a life filled with the spirit is one which is full of addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody to the lord with your heart the this mark of a spirit-filled person a spirit-filled life is one of joyful singing isn't that interesting what does it look like for somebody who has this uh, real uh, vibrant relationship with God it is one of singing and it's really important to see here what we're told about singing it's not just simply singing on our own look what we're told um, addressing one another in Psalms hymns and spiritual songs you can't address one another if you're not together so the first thing we see about spirit-filled singing, spirit-filled life is, is to be one of singing to one another. Now, it doesn't mean we just sit down and sing solos to one another, although we could try it if you'd like, but it means, you know, as we sing together, we need to be remembering we're singing these truths to each other. Let me tell you, as we're singing, you know, what an amazing gospel we have. As we're singing about the cross of Jesus, let me remind you that the cross is real, that Jesus died and rose again, and he's coming back. Let me remind you that one day we will be in heaven together let me remind you of all these things and so we say lord help us to encourage one another address one another with these psalms hymns and spiritual songs see if it was just us about about just singing just having a heart full of song we might as well just stay at home and put our put the tv on and sing along there but no we're meant to do it together so it's important for us to be together and it means this as well as you've come here this morning, maybe you think, oh, I'm coming to sit and listen. Maybe that's what you've thought. And you're kind of passive. Yeah, I'm not partless, But actually, every one of us has a role to play this morning. So when you come, your presence here is a blessing to other people. Because people will hear your voice. And you will encourage them as you sing. And I might think, well, my voice isn't that nice to listen to. But that's not the point. The point is we're here to encourage each other as we sing out so do not think well I haven't got any role to play we have you have a crucial role to play because you are here to encourage others you're teaching others and admonishing others as we sing together we need we all need you here to sing us these truths do you see that this morning you're not passive you have a crucial role to play in us helping one another and encouraging each other so when we gather as God's people on this Sunday in the Sunday time together it's not all about you it's about you coming to help and encourage others so sometimes you might feel I just don't feel like it today can I encourage you please keep coming because your presence is an encouragement to others and as you sing out you will be singing for others and encouraging others uh, to keep going your very presence and your voice is a huge encouragement whether you think you're a great singer or not we're to come and tell each other the gospel is true jesus loves you you know we're in this together we're praying for each other jesus will return all these truths we need to remind each other of so a spiritual life is one of joyful singing and that joyful singing well first of all we need to do it together but as well that joyful singing is is varied do you notice that we address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs so there's a variation so we sing songs that are in the bible psalms we sing hymns, which might be older. We sing a selection of songs. We're singing all types of different things. It's not just one set of things, but we're called to have a wide range, a varied range. And that's why it's good for us um, to, uh, to sing old songs, new songs, ancient songs, because there's no point of saying, right, we're only going to sing old songs when we know there are songs that can help us today that are written. There's no point of singing, um, oh, we're just going to sing new songs because we're a, we're a historic church. The church has been singing these songs for centuries we stand on the shoulders of giants as it were we stand together saying these truths are still the same that they were singing back then as we sing today we want to sing together with the churches through the centuries as well now as we think of that as we think of um, those things isn't it important for us to think we need to sing a varied amount because there are some times and some songs that you like more than other songs aren't there some styles that you like more than others and we need to have uh, be aware that we want to sing um, a, a wide range of things and some days you might come and saying oh, i don't like that one as much i didn't like those songs as much but we we want the um these songs to be those which serve each other and so they're going to be varied and we're going to try and help each other to sing praise to god as we sing the spirit spirit filled way so we want to be um, a, a church which is singing varied songs but we sing together a spirit-filled life Is one which is one marked by singing joyful singing it is a singing together it is a varied singing and isn't it interesting to see well god commands us to sing here command not just here to sing we're commanded in lots of places to sing you know music is powerful you know that i know that music has got a power isn't it that is that is wonderful when we sing things those truths stick in our minds don't they How many songs can you still sing and still you can remember from maybe Sunday school or school days? They just stick when you have these words. And so when we sing truths, it helps us to remember things that maybe just saying them wouldn't work. And when we sing truths, it has a way of taking things from our minds to our hearts and engaging our emotions and our affections in a a way that we can use to praise God you know when we sing truth they stick with us don't they and, and they help us how many lines from hymns can you remember that have helped you in times of trials you know when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within upward I look and see him there who's made an end of all my sin my sin or oh, the bliss of this glorious thought my sin not in part but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more praise the Lord praise the Lord or oh, my soul you now when we go through tough times when we reach the end of our hoarded resources the father's full giving has only begun his love has no limit his grace has no measure his power has no boundary known unto men truths which we need to get in our minds and into our hearts music can do in a way that just reciting can't you know, and that's why we need a healthy balance of songs isn't it songs that encourage us songs that will help us when we're struggling you know when you look through the psalms in the bible a big chunk of them are laments i'm finding this hard i'm finding this hard. lord help me you know why are you downcast O oh, my soul and so we need to be aware and need to be singing songs that are going to help us to deal with those kind of emotions we need a varied kind of mix of uh, emotions in our music as well see the, the tr- trouble is we sometimes think that everybody else is fine except for me but if we have this language of music to be able to say when we feel, when we're struggling when we're lamenting we really need to use that as well we just sing when we doubt sing when we're finding things hard not just when we're feeling top of the world but music that helps us through every type of emotion you know we need these truths and these songs that are going to help us at times of trial because they are profound they take the truths of the bible and sum them up in in short ways that get the truth into our minds I remember seeing a few years ago there were some prisoners in Indonesia and they'd become Christians while they were in prison but still they had to face the death penalty. And they were huddled around before they were going to be killed. And what were they doing? They prayed the Lord's Prayer and then they sang Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And then they sang 10,000 Reasons, a song we started with this morning. What did they want to sing together the moment before they entered into eternity? It was these songs. There's depth and there's richness there that we need. You know, I've had the privilege of visiting people when it's coming to the end of their lives. And what is it that people want to do so often? It's sing. Can we sing a song or let's sing a song or maybe somebody's mind, they're coming in and out of consciousness, but you start to sing a song or recite a song and suddenly their face lights up. You know, there's something so important about music and these songs and we need uh, to, to have a spirit filled life. A mark of that is, is this joyful singing. This joyful singing that um, sustains us even when things are hard. And look what else we're told about this singing. We address one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melodies of the Lord with your heart. That is, it's passionate. We don't just lip, lip, um, what's the word? Lip <laughs> just It's not lip service we mean the words we try and engage with the words that we're singing so please let's let's ask god to help us do that think through these words as we sing them together not just ignore uh, the truths they're referring to but help us not to be embarrassed about the emotions that it can help us with the truths that we sing should compel us to sing how can we not when we have such a glorious god you know it'll be the autumn international soon won't it Uh, the Millennium Stadium that's not that principality stadium will be full of people and they'll be singing because they're excited if they can sing how much more should we be able to sing of the gospel of Jesus and what he's done for us I remember reading of pastor Che I've shared this with many before but he was a Chinese pastor and he was put in prison for being being a Christian leader and he was assigned uh, at one point of his time in prison to work in the cesspool and he said when he went in there the initial smell, he thought that he would die just with the intense horribleness of the smell. But the second morning, he realized when he was in there uh, that he was on his own. And he hadn't been on his own for years in this prison camp. But there he was. He was, had this, as he called it, a blessing of solitude. And so what did he do? Something he had been waiting to do for years. He began to sing. He began to sing and um as he sang louder and louder he just began to worship god and the tears were flowing and he found himself singing this old hymn that he learned when he was younger he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me i am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known and he said this there in that awful darkness i saw the dazzling splendor of the brighter morning star there in that cesspool day after day week after week Month after month, year after year, God transformed a place of darkness into light because of by his spirit's presence as he sang joy, joyfully there. See, he couldn't wait to sing because there is something in our hearts when we're filled with the spirit, that's what we want to do. Now, before moving on to the next uh, point, there's one last thing we need to think about singing. We're told here to do this, to address one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, melody, in our heart to the Lord. There's another place where we'll be singing as well, isn't there? What does the Bible tell us about heaven in Revelation? There'll be songs. We'll be singing together there. So as we meet together, this is for us to be a taste of heaven, a reminder that one day we will sing, be singing before the throne. Revelation 4 and 5 tell us that, that we will be singing to the praise and glory of God. We're joining with them in glory now, those who've gone before us, but as well it reminds us that one day we will be there praising Him we're on our way to glory the spirit-filled life is one of marked by this joyful singing passionate heartfelt varied singing so let's pray that God would help us to do that together what are the marks of uh, spirit-filled life joyful singing and now briefly we'll look at the other two things the next thing we see in verse 20 is this mark of a spirit filled life is contentment giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ one of the roles of the spirit as i mentioned earlier is to assure us of the love that jesus has for us romans 5 we're told that the love of god is god the love of god is poured out into our hearts through the holy spirit so we are assured of the love of god by the spirit that's one of his roles the puritan uh, one of the puritans illustrated it like this imagine a, a father and a son walking down the road hand in hand and as they're walking down the road suddenly the, the dad gets down and bends down to the boy and says oh I love you picks him up and gives him a big hug now in that moment that boy that child knows that they are loved by their father were they loved before oh yeah they were loved before but in that moment he felt it and in the same way the Puritans say that is what the Holy that is one of the jobs that the Holy Spirit has in our life he assures us of the love of the Father for us it's as if in those moments when the Holy Spirit is at work we are embraced Uh, By the Father, and we get to know that love and experience it. And so, if we have, sorry? Love and devotion. That's right. Devoted to Him, and He's devoted to us. And when we're filled with the Spirit, and when we're assured that God loves us, that means that whatever we face in life, we can know that it is for our good, and we can know a deep contentment. You see what it says there? We can give thanks always. And for everything, to God the Father. Now, when how can we give thanks for things that we find hard, things that we find confusing? It's only when we know this filling of the Spirit, this assurance that God is good, this assurance that He loves us, even though things around us don't seem to say that. It is this assurance, like Paul says in Ephesians in, in Philippians 4, that I have learned the secret of contentment. Uh, whether, whatever the circumstance, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned this secret in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, living plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. How can we give thanks whatever we face? Only when we're assured that God loves us. Only when we're assured of his goodness for us. Remember what Spurgeon says, he says this. Remember this. Had any other condition been better for you than the one in which you are, God would have put you there. You could not have a better trial than you have got. It's the best for you. It sifts you the most. It'll do you the most good. Prove the most effective means of making you perfect. God has wisdom in everything he does. And the only way we can be assured of that is by the work of the Spirit in our life. Helping us to see. As Spurgeon went on to say then, when we cannot trace his hand, we must trust his heart. Now, what are you going through right now that you might think how can god allow this it's not easy is it it's, re- it's something we have to wrestle with but let's pray that we live lives that are filled with the spirit so that in the midst of our trial we know god is for us we know he loves us and we know that ultimately it will be okay the mark of a joyful of a spiritual life is this joyful singing this a passionate singing It is one of deep contentment, whatever our circumstance. And the third thing you hear is humility. Humility. And we won't spend much time on this because we'll look at it more next week. Verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And it'll come up as we look at um, the roles of husbands and wives and children and parents next week. But what does it mean to um, submit to one another? It's serving one another. It's thinking one another's needs before our own. And who does that remind us of? As Christ, isn't it? How he served us and put our needs. He's the greatest servant of all. And so we're to reflect that, have Christ-like humility. So the marks of being filled by the Spirit is joyful singing. It is contentment and humility. So the meaning of being filled by the Spirit. Don't be under the influence of alcohol. Let the Spirit of Christ influence you. Uh, experience the joy that he brings. Not pretend joy that de- doesn't deal with our issues, but the ones where help we can face our issues, whatever uh, we're going through by the help of the spirit the marks of the spirit are this joyful singing this contentment this humility and very briefly to finish well how can we then be filled with the spirit what are the means for us to be filled with the spirit And as I mentioned we read a, a little book by Stuart Oliot last year um, and please do revisit that the last chapter deals with this really helpfully how can we be filled with the spirit well the comparison here wasn't it was with being drunk how do you get drunk well it's easy isn't it you just keep drinking just keep drinking that's how you get drunk so how do we fill up uh, get filled with the spirit we drink what do we drink what does that mean well not alcohol what it's saying john 7 tells us jesus says if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink whoever believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water now he said this about the spirit where do we go to drink we go to christ go to Jesus he's the one who promises to give us the spirit so go and ask him we go and seek him we keep our eyes on him we all know don't we how dangerous dehydration is what's the best way to keep hydrated just drink throughout the day you don't just drink once a year nurses in here will tell you how dangerous that is no you need it regularly all the time how do we keep hydrated with the spirit we keep going to Christ he is the means he's the one we go to i need to keep my eyes on him i need to fix my gaze on him i need to talk about him i need to remind myself of him i need to sing of him i need my life to be all about jesus i need to walk with him i need to trust him i need to lean on him i need to speak to him so we need to go to christ in that book of stuart Olliott, he says there's three means that god uses means of grace we go to him through his word And we need to hear him speak it's the word of christ that's what the bible is and so we listen to it we read it we make sure we're here together when it's being read and when it's being preached we need uh, each other to remind ourselves of these truths and our prayer is that as we come together and sing the truths of the gospel as we hear the gospel preached it'll refresh us and kind of keeps us going until next week that that we say right i've got a taste now of how good the water is as it were and now i want to keep drinking this week or every day a little bit a little bit and then next week we come again right this is why i follow jesus and that's our prayer that we get a taste of it today and that throughout the week we keep on drinking christ we are, we go to him through his word we go to christ we drink through the sacraments the visible acts jesus gives us that is baptism and communion And so when we have times of communion, what what are we doing? We are looking at and we're reminding ourselves of Jesus and what he's done for us, his death and his resurrection. The third place we go to drink of Christ is prayer. We speak to him. Jesus, I need you. We go to Jesus and we tell him everything that's on our hearts, everything that we're longing for. We just keep talking until there's nothing left to say to him. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, help us. So do you see this spirit-filled life it is one which is marked by being influenced by the spirit it is one which is full of joy and joy-filled singing one of humility of serving others uh, one of contentment of peace so whatever we face god is with us but as well and how do we do that we go to christ and drink of him through his word through the sacraments and through prayer maybe today you're wondering well I I'm not a Christian yet. What does this mean for me? Uh, Can you see that we carry on as Christians? Christians here today carry on as they started. That is, we come to Jesus and we say, I need help. And every day we come to him and we say, Jesus, I need you today. If you're not yet a Christian, it means coming to him today in weakness and saying, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, will you help me? I don't know what to do, but I know you have the answers. And his invitation to you is the same as in John 7. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink whoever believes in me as scripture says out of his heart will throw flow rivers of living water so turn to jesus today if you're a christian turn to jesus if you're not a christian yet turn to jesus be filled with the spirit so let's pray that that would be our mark as a church that we'd be spirit-filled people spirit-filled church with our eyes on christ let's pray together Father, we thank you so much that you have not left us on our own, but you have given us the Spirit of God to dwell in our hearts. Please, Lord, would you help us to be Spirit-filled people, to know what it is to drink of Christ through your word, through prayer, uh, through baptism and, and through uh, communion together. Please, Lord, help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, and we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.